Welcome to the Legacy Music Hour. My name is Brent Weinbach. And uh, he is joined, as always, by sidekick partner, Bud, Rob F. Switch. And um, this is a video game music podcast, featuring, usually featuring only 8-bit and 16-bit era music, but today's going to be different, but we'll, be, we'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, what, what do you got for top of the show business, my friend? Okay, so real quick, I just wanted to mention that I I beat uh, a few days ago. I beat Street Fighter 2010 for Nintendo, super hard. Um, it was my second attempt. I just the first my first attempt I couldn't. My first attempt, my fingers gave up on the game. They were, it was so hard that I couldn't. I, I had I had to give up, and I I played into the morning, and I had to give up. My second attempt, I sat through. I just. You know, I knew the game a little better this time, and I just... The final boss is actually not that hard, but getting to the final boss is... The last level is just... Seriously, it seems like it's impossible, but I did it. I, compl- I, feel, I feel like I accomplished something in my life, and I just wanted to share that with you and with everybody else listening. Well, that, that's very impressive, uh, defeating Street Fighter 2010 in 2012. That's something very... There's, there is some significance to that. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess two years late, there's some significance. So... That's that. Uh, I wanted to mention a correction to the j- or that jazz episode. You know, the, remember the jazz episode? We've had a lot of corrections about that jazz episode. You know, the the one we recently did, jazz jazz episode number two. Right, right, right. I remember. There's been a lot of corrections, and we found yet another one here. Um, that Snoopy concert track that I played. Um, do, do you remember that? Wait. So this is one of your errors. Yes, this is a mistake on my part. Uh, it's called. <sighs> da- it's called. <laughs> it's called uh, Daylight Forest. Right. Okay. Um, it it turns out that it's actually a Dave Brubeck track. Uh, it's a, actually a Dave Brubeck jazz number that okay. he composed for uh, a Snoopy special. So, I I I didn't even know that Dave Brubeck did music for the Peanuts series. Okay. And um, but he did. And uh, I, I, you know, I really made a specific effort to listen to all the Vince Guaraldi stuff and make sure that I, none of the, you know, make sure the tracks I was picking from Snoopy concert were, were, uh, you know, not already, you know, actual songs. Sure. And um, I just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice it. But anyway, Daylight Force from Snoopy concert. It's actually a real song, or it's a real piece by Dave Brubeck. It's called Benjamin. Okay. And uh, yeah, and then uh, also thanks to the listener Kenny. For spotting that that uh, that mistake there, okay. Never let it be said that we don't have some of the most uh, uh, the, the the best fans with the most watchful eye and the sharp ears, because they they catch that stuff. They report back. They report back to to me, and they let me know what you have done, Weinbach, <laughs> uh-huh. because we don't tolerate that. We have a zero tolerance policy yeah, yeah, as yeah. far as errors go. So. Mm-hmm. It'll take me some time to get over this, but just give me a moment. Yeah, zero tolerance, zero. Tolerance. But yeah, no, I, I mean, we really, again, we, we really try not to play music on the show that was adapted from real, real, not real music, but I mean from other, from pre-existing music. But yeah, there, there was again. Okay, and then also um, another thing is, um, I just found this out recently that um, that Krang's theme from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right, the arcade game, it's actually. That's actually was adapted from music from the animated TV show. 
and um, which I, someone someone found a clip from the TV show that had that. You know, if you remember Krang's theme from when you're playing Krang, it, it's like dun da 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 dun da da like that. That's actually from the TV show. They use that actual music in the TV show, and so that's that's adapted music also. So whenever we played that track, which I think was that the Keith Apicary episode, that was um, that was actually adapted music also. So a lot of a lot of you know accidental playing of adapted music on the Legacy Music Hour. Well, I think as we get deeper and deeper with each episode, it's just it's it's going to come up, especially with uh, these games that 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 are already have. They already have TV shows or movies, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Um, okay, so I, I think... I, I yeah. guess what I'm trying to say is just get off my back, okay? Yes, sir. Um, all right, so let's get... Let's mention the sponsor, and then we'll talk about today's topic. Brent, with absolute pleasure, Destiny Games, located in Canton, Michigan. Visit them at destiny-games.com for all of your gaming needs, or you know what? Even better yet, why don't you give them a call? 734-404-5548. They will actually be sending us uh, some prizes for our upcoming event on May 11th, which we will get into later. But just uh, go to our website, LegacyMusicHour.com, for all that info. Yeah, May 11th is uh, our game, sh- our, our video game music game show, and it's it's happening in Los Angeles, so check it out. All right, and um, so let's get to today's topic. Today's topic, uh, you know, uh, uh, exactly a year ago, I think it was, we did a, uh, a focus on music that was beyond the 16-bit era. You know, we took one episode to just, you know, take a departure from, from the usual 8-bit and 16-bit stuff and uh, look at everything beyond. And so we're doing that again this year. Um, same thing, but this time we have a guest. Actually, we have two guests to join us on this, this beyond 16-bit journey. Uh, these are two guests uh, I was recently introduced to through you, and I am very, uh, I was very much looking forward to this episode. Now that they are here at Legacy Music Hour headquarters, I am overjoyed, as they say. Uh, well, and introduce the first guest is uh, a, a young man by the name of Pablo Burt. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, you, uh, I, I just to give a little bit of background about Pablo. He is. He has the Guinness. We had the Guinness World Record for beating Battletoads in the fastest time, uh, and you had that record until about a year ago. That's right. You should mention that it's the American NES version of Battletoads because many versions of the first Battletoads exist, and that's the absolute hardest one by far. Oh, okay. Yeah. What What, what are the other versions? Well, I mean, there was a Genesis version that was much easier. Oh, okay, right. You mean yeah, no, but I mean, were there were the uh, other uh, other con- continental or country other country versions easier? Yeah, or? even the Japanese release was easier. Uh-huh. Um, I've never played the European release, but the Japanese version had more lives and things, and mm-hmm. it was easier. And the Genesis version was also much easier. So the NES American version was the most punishing game ever. Pablo, let me ask you a question here. How long were you the record holder for that? Um, I, I would say I was the record holder for maybe two or three years, officially. And how did it feel walking around knowing that you were the, the champion, essentially? Well, there were many times I just had to swat people away on the streets when I was just trying to go 
you know, <laughs> buy a gallon of milk or just put gas in the car. It just the recognition just wouldn't stop coming. You know, it just it got a little bit uh, tedious and a little hard to deal with at many many times. In fact, all the time. <laughs> For, uh, for, for people that are are listening, I mean, if you could, if I could just paint a visual here, I am I'm in awe because this is true gaming power <laughs> that is present here at Legacy Music Hour headquarters. Yes, and uh, another thing to note about Pablo is that he it, he at one point was the top was the top three Tetris attack player in the world. That's and, that's probably true. <laughs> and you. Uh, you actually had the only website dedicated to Tetris Attack where you revealed a bunch of your moves in the game that you developed yourself, and then uh, a lot of people took those moves and became uh, ultimately became better players. But you were at one point a, a Tetris Attack like top three champion. Yeah, I was a Tetris attacker. Is what I was. Yeah, you were, uh, and and what 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 was the what, how come the site doesn't exist anymore? Um, well, the truth is, I'm I'm great at, at being excited about creating websites, but I'm terrible at maintaining them because my true passion lies with playing games. I'm not really a webmaster or anything like that. So, you know, over the time, it just got you're, really you're more of like a webmistress. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, that's right. Um, I, I just, you know, I love my love. My true love is with playing these games, and so it just gets really tedious. The the site still exists, but the forum just got. Uh, overtaken by spam bots and things like that and it just gets too, too it just takes too much time for me to sit there and try to sift through memberships and see who's real and who isn't and so the records are still there but as far as I, I mean I haven't updated the site in many years so it's there for posterity reasons and you can still learn about the game oh what's crazy is I when I was I was for a, a period of time was really into Tetris attack and I found the site myself and um, you know I saw these scores listed and stuff like that and I, it was weird because I didn't know you yet. Um, well, yeah, I hadn't met you yet. And then it was, it was just interesting that later I would meet you and uh, um, meet the, meet this master, you know, the, or mistress or whatever, however you want to call <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, if I remember, you were one of the ones that you know wanted my autograph and wanted a picture with yeah, me. Yeah, I'm one everything. of the ones that you had a SWAT actually. SWAT yeah. Away. What is that website, by the way? Uh, TetrisAttack.net. TetrisAttack.net. Find find secret moves that you developed. And you, you kind of figured out how to break the game almost. I mean, you, you, you really figured out stuff that the developers didn't even intend, right? Yeah, well, pretty much. I mean, we, we dissected it to, uh, I mean, we would record. This is way before YouTube or anything like that. And we we would record our games on, on VCR tapes and just analyze our, our gameplay. And we found a lot of glitches and things like that that a lot of people didn't know about. And we started posting scores and other people were just in awe of our scores and didn't know how we got those scores and thought we were cheating or something and so when we finally you know revealed our secrets you know we sort of paved the way for people to uh overtake us you know yeah eventually pablo why did that decision come about why give away your secrets and not ride right into sunset as the tetris attack master of all time <laughs> it's a good question um a lot of people um, a lot of gamers uh, subscribe to that philosophy of keeping their secrets private, you know, and uh, I just, I don't, I don't really believe in that. I wanted to share the techniques because I wanted, I wanted, first of all, it's kind of boring, it's kind of boring being at the top when nobody knows the only reason you're there is because you discovered something and it's more fun. I had a lot more fun when people were breaking my records and, and we were competing back and forth and trying to take our record back and it was really fun. So, I mean, for me, the more... 
for me, the more fun part was, you know, competing and trying to, you know, get my record back and get better because I got a lot better once I did share those techniques. Mm-hmm.、Uh, interesting. Okay, so really making it more competitive, it made you be- a better, more even more of a master. Definitely. All right. Well, all right. And then you have other gaming credits as well, which we'll get into in a little bit. Our other guest, Stedman Wilson. Welcome to the show.、Uh, hey, Brent. Thanks for having me. Oh, how can, not only me, huh? Not so, Rob? No, no, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Rob. He's growing. He's growing on me.、Um, and、uh, well, you're welcome. You're very welcome, Stedman. Well, I am a big fan of the the Stedman, as I call. Oh, him. Well, well, thank you. Oh well, how do you like that? Yeah, you, oh, I, I feel like a bad person now. Like a like a bad man. Yeah, <laughs> bad man Wilson. That's right. <laughs> um, and uh, you uh, you are you you're a video game music cover artist. Uh, uh, you could say that, yeah, and you know, also a hardcore gamer. You, you could also and, say that. And both of you guys share a deep appreciation and knowledge of video game music. And for today's episode in particular,、uh, you guys are going to be sharing、um, some beyond 16-bit arcade music. That's right. Yeah, we、uh, we we really.、Um We wanted to do not just beyond 16-bit, but focus on arcade stuff because, you know, because so many arcade games came out beyond 16-bit era. It's、uh, most of the listeners here wouldn't have heard,、uh, wouldn't have heard these tracks. Sure, yeah. So、right. this is a great time to introduce a lot of these. So it's going to be kind of an extra long episode, this this episode, because you know Rob and I pick some tracks, and then these guys have some tracks, and we're going to just kind of take turns like we usually do, and.、Uh, You know, here's some Beyond 16-bit stuff. So、um, we'll we'll see how it goes down. You guys ready? Not, yeah, I think we're ready. <laughs> ready to rock. Ready to do this. All right. So,、uh, all right. Well, I guess I guess <coughs> Rob, we're going to start things off, right?、Uh, I will start it off. I am looking forward to、uh, the Steadman and、uh, Pablo's tracks、uh, because I'm a big arcade fan, and、uh, I just want to let people know that I, I, the way I met Pablo. Was through you, Brent. We had our Street Fighter challenge, our Street Fighter Two challenge,、yeah. because Pablo has an excellent setup in his place. Do you, do you remember when I beat you, Brent? Oh yeah, sure do. Yeah, you you whip you whip me real hard. Right. So I just wanted not that hard though. Actually, it was pretty close. It was it was pretty close. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna get things off with a little Sega CD action. You remember the Sega CD? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they have? Don't they have that that game with the slumber party in it? You know what I'm talking about? I, I know. Yeah, I, I do.、Yeah. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about? No well, idea. Not really. The、there's、slumber some, party game. There's some Sega CD game with there's a slumber party in there. It's really Wait, stupid. It, it sounds it really a, boring. A horror. It was like a horror. It, no, it's like a it's like some kind of sorority horror kind of situation. Oh really? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at. I forget the name of it, but it's a really it's one of the worst games on Sega CD. One of the、wow. worst games in general. I see. But the、yeah. big the big thing was it was full motion video. Yeah. Oh wow. Are you, are you、oh. sure? It sounds like a winner. <laughs> I mean, it's a winner in like a different respect, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going with Batman Returns,、um, uh-huh. and the composer of this particular track is Spencer Nilsson, and the track we are going to hear to kick things off, Lair of Ice. <laughs>
And there you have Layer of Ice from the game Batman Returns. And that is from the Sega CD system. Either of you boys ever mess with the Sega CD? Oh, we've messed with it. <laughs> okay. In fact, uh, I, uh, when I was a kid, I, um, my friend had a Sega. And um, I snuck into his house one time to play his Sega CD. And uh, he found me playing it. And he was a little bit annoyed, but then he was like, you know what? Whatever. <laughs> you know, that almost sounded like some kind of dirty story. Yeah, it did. It's weird. You snuck in. Yeah. That's crazy. How was, old were you? It was really, uh, you know, it's really secretive. Very I mean, I can't believe clandestine you, snuck operation, into, you, know? you snuck into somebody's house to play Sega CD. I just, I, I just really like Sega. I didn't have one, so it was kind of, um, it was kind of a new experience for me. It was kind of a magical experience, you know. Uh, by, by the way, the game that we were referencing before this track is Night Trap. About oh, the slumber uh-huh. party. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Night Trap. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I mean, the, the story to Night Trap sounds like what Stebbin just told, actually. You know? <laughs> he snuck in. Right. He snuck into the sorority house. Right. Play Sega CD. You yeah. Know? And then he ended up murdering a bunch of you know girls in pajamas. Right. Why not? They're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're there. Might as well. Right. right. I, I wanted to say, Rob, that's a really good song, and it reminds me a lot of... Um, Reminiscent of Donkey Kong Country games, you know, Dave Weiss's style. It really sounds like him. Sure, sure, sure. It's, I mean, to me, I, I, I love his style. Uh, it's, it's very, it's, um, to me, it seems fitting for a, a Batman type game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and most Batman games are Japanese developed, but it sounds like by the name of the composer that this was a Western title, and that's not too common for Batman games. Um, you know, I, I want to say that some of the ones even for Super Nintendo were, were Western developed. Because uh, I think Tim Follin did some of the music to um, some of the Batman games that were that came out, the 16-bit Batman games, and um, I I want to say that there was, you know, companies like Ocean or, or whatever, mm. or um, you know, Software Creations or whatever, the, those kind of. I think that they were involved with some some Batman stuff, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking of the early 8-bit stuff, which yeah, was yeah. all you know, Konami and Sunsoft. Yeah, yeah. Just pretty much Sunsoft, I guess, right? Well, Konami did, yeah. uh, oh, did I think they? Konami did Batman Returns for the NES or oh, okay, something yeah. like that. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Um, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna move on. My, my first track is going to be actually from a game that I found out about, found out about through you. Well, kind of you and, and a friend of yours. A friend of both yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, I'm going to play something from Eskatos. Oh, okay. All right. And first of all, this soundtrack is just straight up awesome, right? And Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, it was basically made to sound like arcade music from the 16-bit era, kind of, right? Yeah, kind I, of, yeah. I would say that. It's total new. It's total FM. It sounds like it could have come yeah. from a Genesis or something. Yeah, I mean, it's totally FM synth. Um it's also very upbeat. It's upbeat in the style it's of very you know, classic schmup music. Yeah, yeah, very right, totally. Up, yeah, upbeat, very driving drum beat, and very melodic too. Very like, melodic, like, yeah, yeah, very like melodic. Classic, like shoot 'em up stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so this is a game that came out for the Xbox 360 um, not too long ago. Um, you know, like I guess what last year or sometime. Within the last year or two, yeah. Yeah, and and um, and uh, it was a Japanese release only, but the game is region free, so you can. Um, actually, this game makes me. This game and a few other games make me want to get an Xbox 360. Actually, I'll talk about that <laughs> later. Actually, but um, uh, but uh, anyway, the music is by um, Yosuke Yasui. 
and um, they actually released a, an official soundtrack for this game because it was. In it fact, was, if you buy good. the game, it comes with a soundtrack CD bundled in. Right, 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 right. That's what I meant. That's what that's what I meant. It, it so was, if you buy this game, uh, you will have the soundtrack CD for free. Right. So that's a, just a, to me sounds like a very legit deal. <laughs> that's legit. And um, so the track we're gonna hear, my favorite track from the from the game, from what I've heard of, uh, from the you know soundtrack that I've heard is Silver Lining which I know isn't your favorite but I mean you I'm sure you like the track but you, well there's not a track on it that I don't like so yeah. the probability of it being good is uh, very high yeah 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 um, well said <laughs> so Silver this is Silver Lining from uh, Eskitos this game by the way again like it, it is it's like a it plays like a classic flying shoot shoot 'em up game but it it employs kind of new style graphics and st- and it does it in a really kind of interesting, cool way. I think you know. Yeah. I, I normally don't like graphics like that, but the way they do it in this game looks really cool. I think you know. Mm-hmm. So, Silver Lining from Eskatos from for the Xbox 360 from composer Yusuke Yasui. is music from Eskatos, Silver Lining. Such a great track. I mean, it's so good. This is seriously one of my favorite Beyond 16-bit era tracks. It's so good because it sounds like, you know, 16-bit era. Yeah, yeah um, I should uh, tell the listeners that when I first invited uh, Brent to come play games with, uh, you know, at my house with me and my friends, um, I suggested playing this game and he very, uh, very disgustingly said, Xbox 360, I'm not going to play that. There's no good games on that. And I said, trust me, Brent, I have a game that you will love. And he didn't believe me until he saw it with his own eyes. Yeah, yeah. He, he said, and I quote, Xbox 360, isn't that for jocks? <laughs> wow. Well, you know, Brent, I had an Xbox 360 for a long time. Did you think of me as some kind of jock? Wait, you're, you're a straight up jock, that's why. What would you say to me? Stuff you in the locker. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm looking at this gameplay for the first time. Uh, this I'm, I'm watching a video on YouTube. This looks outstanding. It looks super cool. The music is an awesome great. game. Yeah, it almost makes me wish I didn't sell my my Xbox. Uh, yeah, actually, the thing is, is um, this game, basically, this game definitely makes me want to get an Xbox. And also, um, it was a game we were playing the other night called Fez, 
and just came out a few days ago, and I almost was going to play a track from that on this episode. Um, totally awesome game also. I mean, and there's there's a bunch of games that... Basically, there's like five games now on Xbox that made me want to maybe get the system. Limbo, Fez, this game, Eskatos, and... Um, Braid. Braid, although I did end up playing Braid on, um, on Macintosh. Well, by the time, if you hang out at my place a few more times, Brent, uh, there'll be about 10 games on your list. So. Right, right, right. I guess there's more Xbox. No, but over the last year, I've definitely I've learned more, more that there's some really cool games with the Xbox 360. Well, I yeah. Mean, obviously, but I mean, in general, there's, there's games that don't appeal to my sensibilities, but you know. Well, I think we have similar sensibilities, yeah. and the, the trick is to look at the indie games. You yeah, know, the totally. indie games are, are where they can go back to the retro style and do a lot of interesting experimental things and not just yeah. create the next Call of Duty or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah totally, yeah. Next Halo. Uh, nothing wrong with Halo. Uh, I wanted to ask you something, Pablo. Uh, Brent showed, this reminds me of a game that Brent showed me a YouTube video of. It was an arcade uh, get, uh, shooting, uh, an arcade shooter from Japan, oh. but the whole screen was full of bullets and it, <laughs> it looks like you were just moving slightly to the left or slightly to the right. This kind of reminds me of that, but what do you, what do you call that? called a shmup or bullet hell shmup um or manic shooters uh yeah i think people typically call them bullet hells yeah. you know basically games where the screen is covered with bullets but your ship also has a very small hitbox and so to compensate for all the bullets there's a very small part of your ship that you can get shot by and actually get killed so you know they up the difficulty with putting lots of bullets but they also give you a fighting chance and uh, that game he's referring to is that Mushu Mushi game. You know? Mushihime-sama, yeah. Futari, or, yeah. well, there's two of them, Mushihime-sama and then the sequel, Mushihime-sama, it's, Futari. I think it's Futari, yeah. Um, the crazy last boss, yeah. We will be hearing, uh, oh, really? we may be hearing from that game uh, oh. later on. Oh, cool. Maybe. Yeah. All right, all right. I like if, how that if ties you're in. really nice to us. I like how that ties in. By the, I thought he was calling me a shmup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was something right Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't know the name of the, 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 the style of, of, the, of gameplay or the name of that game. So I thought you were looking at me and saying, shmup. <laughs> well, you are a shmup, Rob. <laughs> and, but that's actually a good thing now you know. Um. Again, and by the way, Eschatos is spelled for the list. E S C H A T O S. Seriously, if you get your hands on this game, it's a totally awesome game. It plays like an old game, but it does use new new style graphics, polygons and stuff. But it does it in a very cool way, and the perspective is really cool too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great track. Great track. I mean, just awesome so melodic. Track. I love it. It's just uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you're up. Okay, um, so uh, so I you know as you, as you guys know, uh, Battletoads is very uh, close to my heart. Um, a lot of people have played the Battletoads games, but not a lot of people know that there is a Battletoads arcade game. Um, this game was it's actually surprisingly the last game in the Battletoads series that was ever released. Um, very sad, actually, in '94. Um, what's great? It's by uh, the composer of. This, uh, the soundtrack is Dave Weiss, who did all of the Battletoads games and, you know, famous for all the Donkey Kong Country games and all of the early rare NES games. Uh, but uh, the soundtrack to Battletoads Arcade is, you know, it's, it's a whole new game, whole different soundtrack. Uh, it follows some of the same style, but it's, it's very rock heavy, which is great. So, and, and, it's, and it's uncensored, too. Yeah, it's a. It's also the bloodiest, most gory version of the game that exists. And scatological. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> um, uh, yes, oh. if you would like to see no car- cartoon rats um, uh, um, uh, going to know. the bathroom, go- <laughs> going, let's keep it, it G rated, guys. Yeah. Uh, um, pottying uh, in the toilet, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, giant mutated uh, toads hitting giant rats in the testicles. Um, you know, there's just just lots of. Uh, Lots of things for teenage boys and uh, me and Stedman to yeah, appreciate. It's just fun for the whole family. <laughs> you know? And uh, what's what's great is I, I didn't even... Uh, I, uh, what happened was a friend of mine told me this game existed and I just didn't believe him. And he told me when he was a kid and he used to drive to Las Vegas, uh, there was a hotel that was uh, called the Buffalo Bills on the way there that actually has this game in the arcade. And so the next time I traveled with my family to Vegas, I specifically made them stop at this hotel and they still had the game. Oh, wow. And so I credit fed through the entire game because uh, wow. it's a beat em up and you end up spending five or six dollars to beat this game. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was really great. And I found out later on that only about 300 of these arcade uh, machines exist. So the fact that they had one there was pretty cool. And, you know, I now uh, own the game at home because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really great game um, and just wanted to play it more and more. But, uh, yeah, and I played it at your place, uh, you know, arcade style. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was pretty fun, wasn't it? it was great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, if I could um, also throw in a story. Uh, wait, this... wait, I, wait, actually, I'm, I'm thinking we should play the track uh-huh. and then we'll get into some more talking and stuff. Sure, yeah, sure. Okay, so save the story. Let's we'll play the track and then we'll, yeah, let's do the story while the track is playing. So, sure. yeah, this is yeah. stage one of Battletoads Arcade by Dave Weiss. The Great. So yeah, that was uh, stage one of Battletoads the Arcade Game by Dave Weiss. And, and Rob, you said the great, but I was thinking, what if it's Dave Weiss, Dave, Dave Weiss the wise? The what? <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll go with that as well. I think you, to be great, wise is included in there. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, I'm putting it out right now. I want to play this game uh, at, at, in your, your arcade cabinet. You didn't play it, Rob? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. that's you need to play this game. It's oh. really fun. I'm really jealous of you because you have something amazing to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, and I have something amazing to look forward to, which is your story that oh, you were right. going to tell earlier. So, it, yeah, well, you're building up a little too much now, but nah, uh, basically... Nah, I'm going uh, to be blown away straight right, up. All right, well, I just <laughs> wanted to say, you know, Pablo talked about finding it as a kid, and I just wanted to say, you know, I must also be one of the luckiest kids in America because when I was a kid, I found this arcade as well in a small mall arcade on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And uh, 
I mean, it, you know, as soon as I found this thing, I mean, it, it was, I was just, you know, I was attached to it like a magnet. I mean, you know, every time we vacation up there, I begged my parents to take me to the small. And my, you know, Pablo said it took him about $5. It definitely took my brother and I a solid $10 each to beat this game. <laughs> but we, we did it over and over. And it was a wonderful thing. And, you know, and years went by, you know, after, after the, you know, this, this arcade eventually shut down. And years went by, you know, since I, you know, during which time I never saw the game, you know. And really, it wasn't until I met Pablo that I actually played this game again. So that was kind of, uh, you know guess that was just fate you know well you know i'm just i'm <laughs> speechless i mean that was just really incredible uh stedman they actually have video games in north carolina i mean i thought they were like illegal there or something yeah well fireworks are illegal actually <laughs> but um, unfortunately but uh you gotta we gotta entertain ourselves somehow you know well maybe battletoads the arcade game is is better i mean is this it's just as exciting, if not more exciting, than fireworks. Right? Way more exciting. Yeah. It's like mind. It's like eye fireworks. It's exactly. Like mind and eye fireworks. Totally. Hand eye fireworks. Yeah. Is is there a uh, an appearance by the Double Dragon Boys in this game? Uh, no, there's not. No. Okay. Uh, That's too bad. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, but you know, uh, it it did have uh, the whole entire cast of Battletoads, uh, of uh, Battle Maniacs in the game. So. What one more question for you? If someone was someone were interested in purchasing an arcade the arcade cabinet for this one what do you think it would run well i mean it's not the cabinet you mean or just the board i mean the board the board or the cat what are you asking the board or the cabinet either or well yeah he he brought up an interesting point because <clears throat> if you want to there are people that collect the actual cabinets um and then there are people like me who just collect arcade boards because i just want to play the games i don't need to play it on the exact cabinet that it originally came in in the country so, you know, if you want to buy the board, you could probably find it for 75, 80 bucks online. Just look on eBay or internet forums and just ask around. Um, you know, that's the best place to find arcade games, really. I guess what I'm trying to say is, can I buy yours? <laughs> um, I'll have to think about it. Wow, that's, that's a maybe right there. That's a maybe. Um, all right, Rob, what do you got? <laughs> Let's see here. Hmm. My next track will come from uh, the Sega Dreamcast, and I will be playing uh, a something something from Virtua Tennis. Okay, and let's see here. I'm gonna go with Beginning a Destiny. a track from Virtua Tennis, Beginning a Destiny, and that is a Sega 
Dreamcast game. Yeah, I like it. Did you mention a composer there? I, I, I couldn't find one. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try to find one when I put the track list together. But yeah, it's yeah. hard some finding composer sometimes. It's It takes a lot of research sometimes. It's, it's a good track. Yeah. You know, very this? very catchy. Yeah, it's it, we almost we were kind of developing lyrics for it when we. Were, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't mind hearing some of those lyrics now. All right, all right, guys, stand away a little bit from the mics <laughs> so right. it doesn't pop too loud. But like, here right. we go. Ready? Right. Here we go. For tennis, tennis ball, tennis ball, tennis ball, tennis ball, tennis ball, tennis ball. Gonna hit that tennis ball. <laughs> that was some good harmonizing there. I mean, we all sang yeah, the exact wait, same notes. Can we actually yeah, harmonize? Good work. No. Tennis ball. <laughs> tennis ball. Tennis ball. Tennis ball. Tennis ball. Pablo, do you have a Dreamcast? Absolutely. It's a great system. You don't have virtual tennis, do you? I don't have that one, no. Although, have you played it? Is it a good game? No, I have no idea. Uh, but I, I always thought it would have been cool to have just the same cast of Virtua characters in all the games. <laughs> for Virtua Fighter, Virtua Racing. See, the Virtua Fighters playing tennis. I thought that would be cool, right? That That is awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> Virtua about, Fighters Racing, too. That what, would be really cool. What about, what about f- f- playing tennis while racing, you know? That's... Like, the um, track has, like, a really long net along in the, in the middle of it, and then they, they just have to, like kind of volley back and forth it's possible in in rhythm heaven on the wii they play tennis while racing on a fighter jet oh they sure do (laughs) so uh you know anything you can play (laughs) tennis anytime is what i've learned from video games that's the lesson there you know that song um really reminds me of uh van halen Uh uh, oh yeah it's definitely in the style of van halen i would say uh sounds almost a little bit like the song uh, unchained you know it's definitely not the same song but it has kind of that similar uh tempo you know guitar kind of chordal riffs and uh yeah it's uh it's a, it's a good track uh a little virtual halen for you guys there you there. go composer eddie van halen <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna move on to an arcade game called grid seeker this is a taito game and um i actually this this soundtrack was actually supplied to us from uh, a listener ed so thanks to ed uh for this track and uh well he he gave gave us the whole soundtrack and this is a track i really like from um grid seeker and uh well i actually had trouble deciding between uh there's two tracks i have here one of them was stardust mission five or so high mission six and um i don't know they're both really good but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with stardust it's a little bit there's a little bit more of an uh dramatic arc to this this track so i think because of there's almost like a narrative arc to this track and so I think I'm going to go with it because of that, because of the arc. So listen for the arc. The composer on this is um, Norihiro Furukawa. And um, this, uh, this, this game actually came out in 1992, but it's, um, it's basically a 32-bit uh, game uh, that uses the Taito F3 hardware. So um, this is Stardust from Grid Seeker for the arcade.
This is music from Grid Seeker. Title arcade game. And this is Stardust Mission 5 from composer Norihiro Furukawa. This is it's beautiful. Beautiful. Did you hear the did you hear the arc, the, the narrative arc to it? You know, because there's this kind of like slower part, you know, in the second half. Yeah. And it kind of, I don't know, there's, it seems like there's different um, moods to this. That There's a, a mood change in this. In the, there's yeah. a mood swing. <laughs> mood swing. <laughs> so yeah. it's a bipolar song is what yeah. you're saying. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like right here, it kind of goes into a different part here, yeah. This is like kind of a different, there's a different yeah, feeling behind this down, part. Yeah. This is more like the romantic part or something, you know? Right, yeah. The passionate part. Yeah, it's a little more intense, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They can never have each other. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, they'll just constantly seek the grid for each other. <laughs> oh, I like that, yeah. Uh-huh. See, this part especially. This is like the real romantic part right here. This oh, is yeah. their first kiss. Yeah. Right. Right here, yeah. Brent, this is the way I felt the first time I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> This is the way I felt when I first saw your grid. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I when I yeah. So um, uh, I, by the way, I, I I just you know I was talking about like having a hard time deciding between tracks or whatever. I forgot to mention at the top of the show um, other tracks that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to play, but I, I'm not going to be playing on the episode. I wonder if I should save that for the end of the episode or just say that right now. How about drop a couple right now? Ooh, drop a couple right you, now. You were about to drop something just now yourself. Oh, nice catch there. <laughs> um, yeah, I just actually wanted to mention... Okay, this isn't related to this track, but um, uh, I, I wanted to actually play something from Braid, you know, for the for the Xbox 360. Oh, yeah. But um, but I, I was looking into the music, and it turns out the music to Braid is actually... Um, uh, it was all licensed music. Yeah, it wasn't so, composed specifically it, for the game. Yeah, it was. Sure. It's oh, all okay. so that I that wouldn't count, you know, as video game music. Right. Well, like for little, for the show at least, you know. Yeah. Um, but the track I wanted to, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, I wanted to play this this track called "Downstream" by uh, Shira Kamen, Common. But um, and then uh, also I wanted, I really wanted to play something from this arcade game called Star Trigon, which I also played at your place. That was, you know, I, I found out about it through you. Really, really good track, but um, there was no way to get the music f- for it basically it was there was no there's no way to get it clean without sound effects from the game um and and then there also there's a there's a, actually a flash version of the game that um but it but it's it, it's slowed down and the quality's not as good and then there's also a version that i found um on this like taiko drum game uh, do you know the name of that game what is that taiko drum master yeah it's it, it's they, it's it has lyrics. It's a different version with lyrics, but that's not quite the version that I wanted to play. And so, Star Trigon, really good music to that. But anyway, yeah, I couldn't play that. Yeah, unfortunately, unless an arcade game is emulated or a soundtrack has been released for it, there's just no way to play music from it unless unless there happens to be a part in the game where you can record it directly from there without sound effects. That's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was uh, anyway <coughs> anyway Grid Seeker. <laughs> that was that track. Great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. good. Yeah. That's uh, okay. So the next song we've got on deck for you here is um, is a song from a a great Konami game. It's a Konami beat 'em up actually called Violent Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was released in 1993 and uh, features composers uh, Kinichiro uh, Fukui and uh, Saichi Fukami. Um, 
Konami composers who are also uh, also worked on other arcade games, uh, including the X Men arcade game and uh, Lethal Enforcers. Hmm. Another great game. Yeah, I think we all remember. Sure. Yeah, um, we've played uh, Lethal Enforcers uh, on this episode. Not the arcade yeah. version, but the uh, or Genesis version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know this this track, uh, it's uh, it's it's really wild. It um, I love it because it's a very kind of uh, '80s rock and roll kind of vibe, and it's uh, it's just it's just really different. You know this uh, it it you know it has um it has lyrics, so you know it actually has voices, which really uh, distinguishes it from a lot of arcade music. And uh, it's um you know so it's you could I could honestly call it a song. Um, so. <laughs> It, uh, yeah, it's great. It's called uh, "Who'll Be the Hero." Okay. It's uh, so. it's rare. It's rare for there to be uh, a music music for video games that has lyrics while you're actually playing the game. Usually, they reserve that for credits or something like that. So it's right, one of the exactly. few times where you can sing along to a song while you're playing a game. That's right. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And the lyrics are hilarious. You know, they <laughs> they don't exactly make sense, but you know that's <laughs> that's why we love them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 great. Uh, you know, the first time I heard it. Um, I was actually uh, turned on to this this game and the soundtrack by a friend of ours, uh, Vert, who who told me uh, that it was um, that it basically had the best soundtrack ever. Is uh, I think the word the words he used, wow. um, kind of jokingly, but uh, you know, the, you know, it's just you know, it's just a really different soundtrack. It's a lot of fun. Um, you're gonna hear uh, it's it has a lot of uh, like I said, it has kind of an '80s rock and roll vibe. And you know, when I hear this song, the first thing I think of is uh, Huey Lewis. Uh, it sounds it sounds very similar to a, a Huey Lewis song called um, "Heart of Rock and Roll," and uh, you know I, I think it's fair to say that this this song and this soundtrack in general were were probably inspired by bands like Huey Lewis and the News, um, which is which is awesome because those bands are are awesome. So, uh, <laughs> well, let's check it out. Let's check it out. Right, let's, let's let's let's, let's give it, it a whirl. Out. Yeah, let's go let's go back in time. Check it out. Who will be the hero? Violent Storm.
Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if they're, he's saying uh, he's the magnet there. I can't quite tell what they're saying. <laughs> he's saying uh, the, he's the man. He's the man? Is yeah. Is that what you think? Oh, oh, are you joking? Or do you really not think that? I, I really am not sure. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. That's what he's saying. Oh, okay. He's the man. All right. I think <laughs> you're right. I like that. Um, he's going to bring his power home to you. Yeah, I got that part. He's going to bring his power home to you. Um, one thing I want to say about this game is that... Um, well, besides everybody, come on, is that... Uh, this, this yeah, one thing I want to say is, everybody, come on. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, one thing I want to say about this game is that it's a complete and utter ripoff of Final Fight. I mean, down down to everything, there's a subway stage, there's a... I mean, yeah. everything is almost identical to Final Fight. I, I was just going to ask you that, because I'm watching gameplay right now as right. this music is playing. And there's this one character who's actually his yeah. his outfit is pretty oh, cool. Yeah. He wears suspenders That's right. with shorts, yep. but he does the this twirl move. He does. It's just like it's it's a, cer- a certain flying twirl move. Right, exactly from <laughs> Final Fight. Right, it's straight it, up Hagar right there. Yeah, well, yeah, this is basically yeah. Konami's attempt to make a Final Fight ripoff. Um, you know, the game is the game is still fun and everything, but you can't help but feel like you're playing Final Fight when you're playing it. But the music is totally yeah. different from Final Fight, Definitely. though. Totally different. Um, they, they even have three characters, and they, the characters have the abilities of, of basically Hagger, wow. Cody, and Guy. You know, there's a big character who's slow but powerful. There's like a medium-sized character. It brings to mind like a small, fast character, basically. That brings to mind a question. By the way, again, this is Violent Storm. By the way, that's right, Violent um, Storm. But um, brings to mind another question. You know, Hagar's sort of, you know, twirling, you know, move, mm-hmm. and he kind of. I mean, do you think that there's any connection between him and Zangief? Oh yeah, aren't they? The I think. Well, I you know, it's, it, Zangief was just the Russian version of uh, of Hagar. I mean, <laughs> but they, they kind of even look similar. Well, yeah, bit, yeah, when they created him, they're they're very closely related. In fact, they both do the pile driver, and you know, I think one of them learned it from the other. There's some sort of official <laughs> Capcom oh. story that connects the two. Oh, there is. Yes. Oh, they one of them learned it from the other. Wow. Something like that. Wow. Actually, okay. Or I don't know about they learned it from the other, but it was basically they're basically the same character. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, Street Fighter Two was initially supposed to be yeah, a sequel yeah. to Final Fight, and right. there's not, you know, it's not a it's not a coincidence that there's a character that looks like Hagger and. Wait, wait. You mean Final Fight was initially supposed Sorry. to be a sequel yeah, to Street Fighter One? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, they were they're very in Street Fighter. I think 2, it was going to be called Street Fighter '89 at first. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, for some for a second, I was going to say Final Fight '91 was going to be. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and I but, beat fi- Final Fight two. Uh, never mind. Okay. I be, I, never mind. <laughs> I beat. No, I beat Street Fighter 2010, the final fight. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. called the final yeah, fight, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. 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 Well, I right. um uh you know the same team I think developed Final Fight and Street Fighter Two, the arcade game, like one after the other. Mm. So that's why the games are very similar, yeah. uh, similar style. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's see what you got here. Okay, we're moving on. Let's go with a familiar name, Matt Furness. Yeah. And Chris Lamb. And this is uh, a game uh, from the N64, Excite Bite. Excite Bike. Excuse me, not an Excite Bite. <laughs> well, I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I want to know what it is. Though. <laughs> uh, an Exc- uh, Excite Bike 64, and this is music called Kyoto, Japan.
that is Kyoto Japan from the game Excite Bike 64. And Brent, I was going to save this one for the Asiatic episode, <laughs> but I decided I'd, I'd play it on the, the Beyond 16 bit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which doesn't even really make sense because there is no Beyond 16-Bit for the Asiatic episode. You were going to save it for the Beyond 16-Bit Asiatic episode. <laughs> <laughs> this it's, it's got a, a rock, it's, it's obviously a rock song, but then at some point it kind of sounds like a lounge club song. Oh, you think so? I know, I, I know what you mean, I know what you mean, yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, it's like a mix of jungle and rock. <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> combo. Nice. It's got the amen break and everything. It's like a jungle curry at a Thai restaurant. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That sounds really good. I'm getting hungry. Um, I'm going to move on to... Okay, my next two tracks are going to be from games... I hope this isn't disappointing to listeners or whoever, but um, they're going to be from games that I played from on the last sixteen Beyond 16-bit episode that we did just because they're really good soundtracks and particularly the next track I'm going to play. And I just, I really just want to get this song out there because it's, it's just really good. Um, so um, this next track I'm going to play is from Wario Land Shake It, which not only is this the best game, uh, I've, best game I've played that has come out in the last 15 years, but it's also, it's actually become one of my favorite games of all time. And that's saying a lot, especially from someone who generally doesn't like new games, you know, or newer games. I, I do like a lot of new games, but I mean, but generally, I mean, I'm, you know, my, my favorite games are all older games. So, uh, Warrior Land Shake It, the music is composed by a Konami veteran, uh, Tomoya Tomita. And, um, you know, he, he worked on the, some of the Ninja Turtles games and he worked on the uh, uh, Ganbari Goman games. And, uh, what's that? I just said very cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's really good. And uh, so he did the soundtrack to Warrior Land Shake It. And this is uh, this came out for the Nintendo Wii. And the track we're going to hear is Stone Tooth Cave, which kind of became, uh, over the last year or so, be, kind of became my favorite track from the soundtrack. It used to not be my favorite track from the soundtrack, but this became my favorite sa- track from, from the soundtrack. Um, so Stone Tooth Cave from Warrior Land Shake It. <laughs> Thank you. 
right, this is music from Tomoya Tomita from Warriorland Shake It. It's a stone tooth cave. And um, yeah, just, uh, just, I, just, I think it's just such a good jam, you know? It's, a, it's funky, it's fun, and I love the, the bridge, I guess you'd say, or the, the breakdown part, you know? Yeah. It's so good. Super funky track, I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. This track has it's got just, the funk. It's got a groovy beat to it, you know? It's just right. real groovy, you know? Yeah. It just it's, it gets you going, you know what I mean? Gets yeah, it going yeah. in the morning, you know? For sure, yeah. <laughs> and in the afternoon and in the in, and in the nighttime, you know? Yep, yep. Um, I kind of want to get wait till we get to that part, the breakdown part again, because it's such a good part. This part, too, actually. But I like that. Yeah. All right, this part coming up is so awesome right here. kind of has like a classic sound to it you know it just it has a classic sort of i don't know it sounds like an 80s tv show or something you know just totally, so good yeah. like the intro to like the corny intro to a sitcom or something yeah something yeah. like that yeah yeah but it's yeah it's got that kind of 70s like funk vibe to it it's you know? totally good yeah. yeah anyway i love this track there's been yeah. a lot of songs tonight that have uh reminded me of uh of 80s uh tv shows right okay. <laughs> so that's yeah, that seems that's to right. be permeating the theme of good beyond 16-bit music yeah yeah well, yeah. Possibly so, yeah. All right. What's next? Okay. So uh, we're going to hear um, a track from one of my favorite arcade uh, series of all time. Uh, this is from the Mr. Driller series of games. Um, the This is a series of puzzle games that, uh, action puzzle games that Namco released. Um, the arcade games came out in 99. Uh, the first Mr. Driller game came out in 99. And then this one that we're about to hear came out in 2000. Uh, with a really, really good soundtrack by a guy named uh, Masaru Shina, uh, otherwise known as Go Sina. Um, he's done some other stuff, but uh, he's one of Namco's in-house uh, composers. Whenever they don't freelance stuff, uh, they go with him or a couple of other guys. Um, and, you know, they've let him really let loose with this soundtrack. It's really kind of jazzy fusion like you wouldn't expect this out of a puzzle game mm-hmm. but it's just it's really really highly produced music and even people that hate this series of games uh you know have said that this is a, an, an amazingly good soundtrack by namco for for a puzzle game so you know this is um this is uh, well i'll talk more about uh about this game that's very close to my heart this game but uh yeah this is um this is um from mr driller 2 uh, it plays through a couple of different scenarios, but mainly it's when you play the 1000 meter mode. This is the first song that you hear. Um, so this is uh, Mr. Driller 2 by uh, Masaru Shina. And, and also this is tied into uh, Star Trigon, right? Yeah, it's yeah. actually Star Trigon uh, is made by the same team. The team that made Mr. Driller. Mr. Driller is in Star Trigon, right? Is it? No? Or no? Uh, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Driller is a character in it. But yeah, the team Project Driller, the team that made the Mr. Driller games, made only one other game, and that was Star Trigon. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, this is uh, by Masarushina.
so uh, that was uh, Mr. Driller 2, Masarushina. Uh, this was, I think this is called Mr. Driller Ardenton version. Mr. Driller's theme, Ardenton version. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he does many different uh, versions of this theme in the game that all sound very different. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I had to play something from Mr. Driller, not just because it has a great soundtrack, but because I was completely and utterly obsessed with this game um, for many years and uh, actually, you know, I I think, I'm pretty sure that I'm the best player outside of Japan on this, in this game. Oh, wow. um, so you're the best North American, or your best worldwide minus Japan player. <laughs> I, yeah, for, I would say for sure the, I would, I would guess, I'm not going to say anything for sure, but I would guess the, the best uh, North American player just because I put... I put probably three years into this game where this is, you know, I played it half hour to an hour a day about, and I just got really, really good, and I managed to complete all the arcade versions perfectly, and uh, put videos on YouTube and everything. So I was, I took this game really seriously, <laughs> and surprisingly, after playing that many years, I still never got sick of this soundtrack, which is rare. It's just a really, really good soundtrack. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's funky and and it's funky and um. Uh, what am, what's the word I'm looking for? Africany. <laughs> yeah, he, there's a lot of interesting <laughs> yeah. stuff. He's even got he has some songs where it's just really spastic violin playing, and it's it, there's it's there's no soundtrack like the Mr. Driller soundtracks, and they get crazier as the series went on. This this track actually kind of reminds me of a track from Warrior Land Shake It, actually a little bit. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's not a short loop either. I mean, you can hear it's a long, you know, it's mm-hmm. a rather long loop, and it's you know it's intricate. It's uh, and you know, it's it's the style. I mean, the style of this song is 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 really crazy too. I mean, what you know, what what is this? What style is this? You know, it starts with kind of like a tribal drum beat, and then you kind of get some flutes, and then it kind of almost turns into like a progressive rock song. You know, it almost kind of reminds me of some sort of like um, Lionel Richie kind of yeah, you know, kind of totally. you know, African sort of pop fusion sort of you know, kind of kind of Thai you know, sort of Thai restaurant sort of. You know what I mean? Jungle curry <laughs> kind of situation. You really have you know? Thai food on the line. Yeah, I can tell. That, that's totally Thai tribal jungle prog. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of a sort of, you know, Cubano sort of, uh, you know, Cubano restaurante sort of, you know, plantains sort of, you know, rice and plantains sort of feel to it. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. we need yeah. to feed, uh, we definitely need to feed Brent before the podcast next time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's necessary. Yeah. He's hungry. Poor guy. It's like some of that con- Congolese... Uh, funk. Yeah, it's got that yeah. sort of sen- Senegalese, kind of Congolese, sort of <laughs> sort of Afro Chinese, sort of Indonesian, sort of Cubo Caribbean, Cubo Caribbean. It's kind of got that sort of post Cuban, sort of pre African, sort of Antarctican, <laughs> sort of mid Antarctican, sort of. Yeah. There's, there's actually a section for that. At, uh, I saw it at Sam Goody. Yeah, totally Sam, I say, yeah, I saw it at uh, at Tower Records. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I think I heard them. I think I heard them do a cover of that on American Idol, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw. Oh, oh yeah, I, I saw the DVD for that at on, at the warehouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, at the warehouse music. Send me a link to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Wasn't it? Or was was it? Wasn't it Blockbuster Music? No, it was. Uh, it was. It was at. Um, 
uh, I don't know, Circuit City. What, what else is that a business? Uh, is? Um, you can get it. The through, good guys, good guys, good guys. You, you can order it through Columbia House. <laughs> Columbia. <laughs> yeah, you can get the, the, the 10 CDs for one cent uh, at Columbia House. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going I'm, I'm to play another Sega CD track over here. And uh, this is from a game called The Terminator. And I think everyone is familiar with the movie that that came from. And the track I'm going to play is called Future Shock by composer Tommy Tala Rico. Shock from the game Terminator, and that is a Sega CD game. And the composer for this soundtrack is Tommy Tallarico. <clears throat> this is um, this is classic '80s rock right here. I mean, this to me sounds so much like the Scorpions. Oh yeah. I I want to hear some oh, lyrics. Yeah. I totally want lyrics. Oh yeah, the scorpions are awesome. I, that's a good call. It's got that kind of scorpion curry sort of sound, you know. Like <laughs> right, yeah, just scorpion know, soup right, sort of. Finish it off with a little, kind of little basil and rosemary. Kind of that Vietnamese scorpion, scorpion yeah. sort of. Right, yeah. This is a great song. It's it like is. I love the shredding, uh, the guitar shredding. It's yeah, just, it's just great. It's, it's like little, a classic metal song. A little guitar solo right here. It's a new, it's a new part, I think. It's a new part. The, the way this this track starts, I mean, it's almost it's almost like a montage. Can can you can we actually restart it from the beginning? It's it's like montage music or in, in the '80s movies, training music. Oh yeah. If I if I had never seen the Terminator, 
and I just read what it was about, I would think this is the part where the Terminator realizes he's all alone mm-hmm. and he can never go back, and now he's right. just training right. <laughs> to to win a, a fight of some type. Right, to accomplish his mission. To win Sarah Connor's heart. And to, oh, I like that. And right. to also destroy Arnold. You know? Right. Right. That Wait, was but, the plot of the movie, as we all know. Right. <laughs> no, I just made that up. <laughs> oh, yeah? I like I like the idea of winning Sarah Connor's heart. Yeah, I like that. That's too. what it's about. That would, it, that no, be, no, but I'm saying that, that it would be the Terminator. It's from the Terminator's point of view. Oh, oh. That's why I thought it was even funnier, that the Terminator would try to win. Oh, he realizes he's all alone. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got to destroy... Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Okay, so this next track I'm going to play is from Kirby's Epic Yarn, which uh, I played from on the last sixteen Beyond 16-bit episode. And um, when I played it then, I, I hadn't played through the whole game. Um, and so, uh, and I like the track that I played last time, but this time I, ha- I played through the entire game now. And this track I'm going to play is from, is the best track in the game. And uh, the soundtrack is by Tomoya Tamita, uh, once again. And um, this is a game for the Nintendo Wii. And uh, actually, he, and he, he worked on, a, he did a lot of the tracks for this game, but um, it was also uh, some of the original Kirby composers, Juni Shikawa and Hirokazu Ando, they also uh, worked on this game as well. But this track is from Tomoya Tamita, and it's called Outer Rings. And it's from Kirby's Epic Yarn for the Nintendo Wii. from Kirby's Epic Yarn. This is Outer Rings, music by Tomoya Tamita. And uh, yeah, it just has a very... What's great about this music is it sounds like... The approach feels like older. You know, it feels like older retro video game music, but it's with new-sounding instruments, though, you know? Exactly. Brian, let me ask you something. Um, Did you... uh I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you got this and Wario Land Shake It because it was composed by this person. Am I right? Yes, you're par- partially right. I basically, war- I loved Wario Land Shake It so much that, you know, the same company made Kirby's Epic Yarn and, you know, the music was by the same composer that I was like, well, I just, I got to get that game too. It's not it's not as good as Wario Land Shake It. It's not, Wario Land Shake It's a really great game. Kirby's Epic Yarn's pretty good, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't as good as Wario Land Shake It, but, um, but there's some really good tracks, though, music tracks, so definitely. Yeah, no, you're right, though. You're right. This I is mean, it definitely was a contributing factor in me playing this that. game. Yeah. 
I love how this it's just it's got this like 80s kind of sushi bar vibe to it you know what I mean it's, I'm serious actually on that <laughs> that one I'm serious bar. about that I love this part right here I love that yeah this is uh this is a really happy track I yeah. love it it fits Kirby games are the the epitome of like happy music that's just really awesome at the same time. Mm. It's not too cheesy, just really, really good. And this is actually a cool part of the game where it's a, it's actually kind of like a flying shooter get part of the game. You you turn into a, a spaceship and you're, it's kind of like a, sh- a shooting game, a shooter game, yeah. This part of the game, yeah. Did, did we ever figure out what Kirby was? He's a, what is he? I don't know. He's just a, he's a he's his own creature. It's just an, he's he's an, an alien creature. monster from outer space, bent yeah. on consuming the entire human race. <laughs> that is uh, maybe yeah. That is uh, <laughs> that is one interpretation of Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's what he is to me. Okay, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's what he is to all. No of us. wonder Stedman cowers in the corner every time I mention that we should play Kirby. <laughs> he's he's kind of terrifying. I mean, he's cute, but also um, so horrifying. There's one part of this track. I don't know. If, it's like at the very end, you just hear this sort of synth- synthesizer kind of sound that goes like, like a, almost like a siren, you know? I'm going to try to find that part real quick. It's kind of coming up right here, I think. It's like this kind of this pitch. There's a pitch, oh, yeah. there's a pitch bending thing right, here. That's so, important. Here it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. I, just, I love the buildup, you know, the buildup is just, it's so 80s, you know, I just love it, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like 80s adult music, you know what I mean? Adult music? Yeah. Like, adult in age or adult as in a mature content? No, 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 not mature content, but oh, not like dirty music, but I mean, it's it's just, it seems like music, it just reminds me of adults <laughs> in the 80s, you know what I mean? Oh, adults like, in the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And really happy adults in the 80s. There's something, it's just yeah. so, the yeah. suit, like, Kind of adults that go to sushi bars and stuff. Yeah, because right? I was gonna say I don't know what kind of pornography you've been watching, right. Brent. But uh, no, I didn't mean that. Yeah, I didn't right. mean that. Well, you know, right? I, Matt, what if this was porno music? Let me. S- <laughs> It'd be a really, really happy porno. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, you know, I think '80s sushi bar is a is a genre that's really overlooked. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> totally, it's totally underground. Yeah. yeah, but they did have '80s sushi bar at uh, at the warehouse for sure. Right, right, right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this track is just the best. It is. I'm already in a better mood now. I might like this better than the other the, to uh, meet a song you played, right, which right. is I f- yeah, which I, I didn't think I would say because that was my favorite one that you'd played so far. Now mm. this one might be even better. I'd yeah. have to hear him again, but this guy is really good. I like this. He's composer. the best. This guy's the best, you know. And he did those ner- the turtles games too, you know. He worked. He worked. He worked with you know Koza Nakamura on those those turtles you know, three, three. Right? He's on, yeah, he was he's, on turtles three. Yeah, he's wow, the no man. Yeah, and he also worked on. Um, uh, I think he worked on Zen also, Tomoya Tamita, I think. Nice. I'm pretty sure. You sure? I'm almost sure, yeah. Wait, didn't Nakamura work, work on Zen? He did. Yeah, yeah, t- the same team, yeah, the same guys worked on, yeah, Tomoya Tamita worked on Zen also, yeah. Intergalactic Ninja, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. The, yeah, he's in the, he was, he's a Konami, you know, guy, you know, veteran, yeah. And I didn't know he was still doing it. I, I don't know what happened That's to cool. Nakamura, but I don't think right. he's still around, but. Well, I know, it's cool when there's these guys who are still chugging, at, chugging stuff out, you know? I mean, I, I think that. I actually think his greatest work is now, actually, Tomoyo Tomita, you know, the stuff he's done. You like recently. it better than the 8-bit stuff? You like it better uh, than well, Turtles from, 3 from and him, from, hi, from him. From him. From Tomoyo Tomita. You wow. know, being able to sort of identify what he's doing and, yeah. Wow. I mean, I love Turtles 3. Now. That's a big statement coming from a guy that said Xbox 360 is 
for jocks. It's for, it's for jocks. I yeah. didn't say jocks. I said that Xbox 60, 360 was for jocks and gangsters. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, right, right. you got to clarify that. Right. <laughs> you wouldn't want to leave out that other group, yeah. Yeah. All right. You guys up. All right. So uh, let's kick it off with a little uh, pang. This is uh, from a, from the game Mighty Pang. Pang. Which don't you don't you have some kind of record on that too or something or? Uh, I don't have a well, record, but um. Uh, don't you like the t- one of the top players of Tang or else or something like that? No, no. But me we're, and me and Stedman have played quite a bit of it on my arcade machine at my house. Yeah, okay. we we are um, but we are yeah avid uh, leisurely uh, Pang players. And we uh, sort of a Penang kind of chicken curry sort of yeah Penang Pang yeah it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually a new version they're coming out with. It's it's the tastiest Pang yet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, uh, Pablo and I love Pang. It became uh, a, kind of a personal favorite of ours. And uh, you know, there were times when we used to just play it every time we hung out. Um, this uh, this game, Mighty Pang, is the fourth in the series, and you know, it was it quickly became our favorite. Um, we've actually beaten the uh, the death mode. Which is the um, panic mode? Or panic mode? Okay, same thing. <laughs> it's the it's basically the nonstop mode where you have to climb up in levels from uh, one to ninety nine, and there's no there are no obstacles. They're just balloons falling, and you you just have to pop them and uh, and survive. And uh, so so this game, you know, Pang is actually also a game that I played in my childhood. Um, when I played it in the arcade, it was called Buster Brothers, and I'm I'm pretty sure the one I played was probably the first one. Uh, I don't think I ever played Mighty Pang until um, you know recent years, but uh, it's it's just such a good game. You know, it's you know it's uh, you have two little uh, guys basically running around uh, shooting harpoons in the air at bubbles, and you know you pop the bubbles and they they turn into two smaller bubbles, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, you know you have to not let them touch you. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to this track, boys. How about you guys bring the Pang? Oh, we're bring we're bringing it. We're gonna we're gonna start things off with a Pang. You know. <laughs> what are we what are we gonna hear? Um we're going to hear this is a track by um Takafumi Wada. Uh it's um from the uh Great Wall of China level, um and it's a kind of uh, eastern sounding track. It's really cool. Um, you know, it's it's it was clearly our favorite from the game, so you know, we wanted to play it. Oh, uh one thing I wanted to I wanted to say is that this would have been when I heard your guys' uh, Asiatic episode, I really, you know, was wishing that uh, there was a way that this song could exist on it. But this this would fit perfectly um, in in that uh, in that episode that you guys did. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would. Yep. All right. Well. So let's uh, let's roll it. This is Mighty <laughs> Pang, Takafumi Wada, um, and this is the Great Wall of China level. <laughs> Thank you. 
So, um, so there you have it. A short loop, but a catchy loop, and uh, a loop that never gets old. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we could have played this. I mean, it, so it's, it's funny, you know, every time we played this game, you know, whenever the loop started, we would, or whenever this, this, this track started, we would always just get so excited, you know, <laughs> and uh, we'd always look forward to it. Oh, you know, it's coming up, level 36. Oh, and yeah. T- you know, the next level, we're going to hear it. You know, we kept, uh, yeah, so it's it's just a great tune. It, um, you know, it's it's very classic, uh, kind of, has has this very, like, um, you know, Eastern sound to it. You Asiatic. Know, you, exactly. Yeah. It's very Asian sound. You know, you hear the uh, the pentatonic scales. And, yeah, totally. Pentatonic. Um, you hear the... Uh, you, oh, another thing you hear in this track is a, is a, like an octave bass line, which is kind of like a disco kind of thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which you also hear in the uh, Ganberry Goemon games. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's supposed to be like an Asian thing. Maybe it's like Asian disco, it's maybe? Like, yeah, um, it's kind of like new yeah. school new school Asian style. Right, yeah, thing, totally. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. It's right, that new yeah. school, you know? But it gives it a really just upbeat vibe. I mean, it's just yeah. fun, you know? Um, you know, since you're, uh, you guys know a lot about music, let me ask you this. It's a question I asked Brent during the Asiatic episode. Can you tell the difference between Japanese music and, say, Chinese music? Um, you mean like in video game music? Well, just in, in, general? General. in general. I don't know. I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about, like, classic music from, like... You're talking about, like, classic Japanese music from, like, the 1800s or something? I guess I, I, guess I would have to be more specific. I mean, as, right. as pop, if I'm referring to pop or... Um, classic but let's just say classic like basically yeah, I, I is there like I'd a, be able to i mean i, I just kind of hear like, like is there the, you know is there a difference in language between chinese and japanese <laughs> like is there a difference in culture or is it, is it the same no it's, it's all the same it, yeah uh-huh. it's all and, the same i've been yeah. told that it might be different I'm, right i'm not sure I'm and not. like korean it's kind of the same situation right, right? Uh-huh. yeah yeah um, one thing I should also say is that, you know, what, what got us really pumped about yeah. this is that you don't, you actually don't hear this song very often. It, it shows up only in certain levels. There's other songs that show up all the time, and this is kind of like the pivotal, you're about to get to the next set of levels, and can you survive this this barrage of bubbles? And then this song right, comes yeah. on, and so you're really pumped while listening to this, and it just all adds to the mystique of the song. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Warrior Land Shake It's got a really good uh, Asiatic sounding um, track. I, I didn't, you know, obviously I didn't play it, but um, look for that if you want to hear more from that Warrior Land Shake oh, yeah? It soundtrack. Right. I have to look into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. Tomoyo Tamita. Okay, I will be closing things out here um, with one more Sega Dreamcast game. Not everything out. Well, I mean, my set. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. I'll be closing my set out. I've, and I've, I've had a few, uh, quite a few Sega, Sega tracks. Mm-hmm. Sega heavy. What's so my, the track I'm going to play comes from the game Rainbow Cotton, which is from a series of games called the Cotton Series. And uh, these games were released on uh, PC Engine, Super Nintendo, Mega Drive, yeah, actually, I've I've uh, I I play. I think I played a track. I think I played a track from Cotton One Hundred Percent on this on the show uh, for the for Super Famicom, which is a game I, I got in Japan. Yeah. So this title was released for the Sega Dreamcast, Rainbow Cotton, and I will be playing Stage One background music.
there is a track stage one background music from the game Rainbow Cotton. And that's a Sega Dreamcast title. It's good. It's disco-y, jazzy. You know, it's good. This is really good, this, Rob. Is my, this is my favorite track that you played so far. I think so, too. I, I, my heart kind of lies with uh, the rock of Tommy Tallarico, but I, again, this one is right. a, another upbeat, happy. It's very rainbow and very cottony. Yeah, I like the name, Rainbow Cotton. Yeah, it, it's it's happy, all right. Yeah, those those cotton games are they're pretty pop. I mean, they seem popular to me. When I went to Japan and went into the arcades there, they they um, oops, um, I would oftentimes see, I'd see people playing these this this kind of game, these cotton games of the uh-huh. this character. You know, the it, it seems like a witch character, I guess, or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like broomstick. I like I love this keyboard solo. It's not a witch, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think that might be a different solo than we heard the first time. You think so? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. Huh. This, this main theme here is great. Yeah. Love that bass line. Yeah, the it's disco, really, disco bass line. Yeah, it's exactly. It's the same boonda, kind of boonda, 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 boonda. Yeah. There's been a lot of disco tonight. There there's there's been a lot of, of uh, kind of that kind of vibe, yeah, that sushi vibe, you know. I mean, <laughs> do you guys know, right. I actually am serious when I say sushi bar vibe. I mean, I'm not even. It doesn't even have anything to do anything with what, like Asian what stuff. What sushi bars have you gone into? No, just cause... 80s reminds me of like an 80s sushi bar. You know what I mean? Kind of. You know? How old were you in the 80s? Remember, were you going to sushi <laughs> I was, bars? I was, like, I, was, I was like, you know, tw- whatever in my late 20s. He and, had adult taste. And, <laughs> right. You know. I mean, I, you know, I was just I was an adult. I was a young adult living in the big city, just you know, <laughs> right. trying, to, just trying yeah. to make my way. And, right, yeah. you know, if I could get a date at a sushi bar, so be it. I know? think you're quoting the plot of Home Alone. Right. <laughs> Home Alone. <laughs> What's happening? Home Alone. I was quoting right. the, this sounds I was quoting the plot of... Um, Home Alone 2. Home Alone. No, it was... Um, what's it called? Uh, uh, Brent Weinberg's I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, name a movie with Michael Keaton. Um, uh, Mr. Mom? Nah. How about, how about something else? How about... Um, What's the one with the the Japanese cars? Beetlejuice. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> the Japanese car one, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, what was it called? That one, you know? Volkswagen Beetlejuice. No, you don't. You don't. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking. Gung Ho. Gung Ho. Gung Ho. Maybe it's not Japanese oh. cars. Maybe it's I don't know. All right, I think it's called Gung Ho. All right. Anyway, um, I'm gonna. My last track is gonna be okay. I I, I wasn't sure. I had a little bit of trouble deciding. I, I think I'm gonna go with Boy and His Blob, right, for the Nintendo Wii. And um, I was almost going to play a, a track from Fez, which, you know, uh, I just learned about um, a few days ago from you. You just got it. It just came out a few days ago. And um, really neat game, Fez. I mean, it's, it's for the Xbox 360, and it, it's, it's just, it's really, it's got a really innovative kind of design. And uh, the, the music to it is just super 80s, new age kind of situation you know just really 80s new age yeah sort of synth yeah, yeah. kind of stuff and um yeah i'll just save this for another day but the uh, disaster piece is the name of the uh the artist uh, uh, who did the music for uh, fez and um but uh anyway yeah i'm gonna I, I just i ended up going with boy and his blob um and the composer on this is daniel sado sadowski daniel sadowski um and the track we're going to hear is Subterra. Um, actually, this is all three. All three of the last games I pl- I played I played from I actually beat also and completed at one hundred percent. And um, I mean, th- th- you know, they're not terribly hard games, but 
Uh, well, Warrior Latin Shake, it gets pretty challenging at certain parts uh, if you're trying to get it 100%. But anyway, um, so Boyne is Blob uh, from the Nintendo Wii. This is Subterra from Daniel Sadowski. <laughs> Music from Boyna's Blob for the Nintendo Wii. This is called Subterra. Music by Daniel Sadowski. And um, you know, the, I was talking about how new agey, you know, the, the Fez soundtrack is. This has got a very new age sound to it as well, and um, not terribly uh, melodic, you know. And I usually go for really melody-driven stuff, but um, I, I do, I do, I like this track though. I, you know, regardless though, it's, it's got a nice sound to it, and um, yeah. Really, really peaceful. Yeah, yeah. Is this a sort of a, a peaceful level, or is it a hard, hard part of the, the game? Um, it's, it's uh, when you're in the caves, you know. Um, yeah. So definitely as a cave. I guess I'd say it's not a peaceful. No, it's not peaceful. I mean, because you know you're yeah. you're dealing with enemies and stuff like right. that. So Ice it's monsters, not, it's not, maybe. It's not, yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yetis. Maybe some yetis. Listen, in there. Listen. Did you hear that? Da, 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 da. That's a little bit of a, qu- I think, a quote from the original uh, theme song from Boy and His Blob for the Nintendo, the original really? Nintendo version. Yeah, um, that they, they, it's sort of a little bit of a reference to that, which is kind of cool. Yeah, wow. wait, someone, both it's, of you. Yeah, it's just a beautiful piece. It takes me back to my days as a young boy with my blob. I wish, Please. yeah. I mean, if I, you know, I, I wished I could have a blob when I was when I was a boy. But yeah, yeah. we're not all as lucky as, as Rob. Rob, yeah. Rob and his blob. Rob and his blob. Yeah. Well, I, I made the joke last time when we were playing from the Nintendo game that it's sort of like, a, like I'm a boy and his Rob you know, <laughs> with, with this with this podcast. You know, um, I I had a blob recently, but. It was actually Stedman's mom, you know, and I don't like to call her that. You know, we we kind of agreed I would stop calling her that, but right. but right, you know, yeah. I, I couldn't help it. You know, she yeah. is definitely a blob. She's a darling, though, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She, she, she 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 really she's a keeper. She's a she's yeah. definitely she's a slimy blob. She's but, yeah. definitely she's not she's legit for sure. I don't, I don't know what to say. Your mom is legit. Yeah, I, I agree. A, a boy and his mom. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's>, uh, <laughs> 
I would have lost. That would have been a fun game. A boy and his mom blob. <laughs> um, so, it's a nice track, yeah? I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Sounds 80s too, kind of, yeah. Do you guys want to hold hands? That seems almost appropriate. We've been holding hands this yeah. whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> under the table. Yeah, right. You couldn't see. But. You guys want to hold more than hands? <laughs> We've been doing that too. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So. You found us out. So you would say, Brent, that that was cave music, would you not? Well, uh, I mean, it's used in the caves. I don't know if I'd call it cave music. No, no, yeah. you would say that it's cave music, wouldn't you? <laughs> sure, yes. Yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. It well, uh, <laughs> it just so happens that um, Cave is a famous arcade company uh-huh. that makes uh, that is famous for bullet hell shmups, as yes. you were asking before, Rob. Yes. Okay. And uh, so uh, people that play uh, shooters um, are familiar with Cave. Uh, this is the company that's been making... Uh, they basically created the genre of bullet hell. And so um, they've made a lot of games, and they always freelance uh, composers. And uh, there's a couple of guys that are really famous for doing a lot of cave uh, soundtracks. And one of the guys is named uh, Manabu Namiki. And this guy is one of my favorite uh, composers. Um, he He's really, really famous for doing a lot of FM stuff. Rob, you would love this guy's stuff because you love Genesis music and things like that. He did... Uh, I do, too, just so, just for the record. Right, sure I'm, you I'm, do, Brent. I'm, like, I'm very much into the FM. That's my thing, actually. Dude, you're an RPG guy. Don't tell Pablo that. It's a joke. I'm not really an RPG guy, but he just thinks, right, that, he thinks right. that I am for some oh, reason. Yeah. It's a joke. Um, I do like some RPG. I mean, I, li- I like the music. Def- certainly like the music of RPGs, but yes, so, do, so does he, and so, does, so do we all, actually. Indeed. Yeah. I, would, I would say yes. <laughs> So, uh, so Manabu Namiki's, uh, he's did all the, uh, the, uh, Rebirth games on the Wii. Gradius Rebirth, Castlevania Rebirth, uh, um, uh, Contra Rebirth, and he basically FMified all the old NES and Super NES themes. And, uh, so this soundtrack was done, uh, I'm gonna, pl- uh, we're gonna play the song, uh, from the game Mushihima-sama Futari, which is the sequel to the first, uh, Mushihima-sama. And this is by Manabu Namiki and Kimihiro Abe. And this is a, an insanely hard game. Really, really, really hard game. It's like game. the hardest game, right? Isn't this like the hardest sh- shoot 'em up game out there? Well, I should, I should point out, yeah. I mean, this is known as probably one of the hardest games ever made of this genre. Um, the game does have three settings in the arcade. Um, it has Original, Maniac, and Ultra. And... Ultra is so hard that, I mean, I think less than three people in the entire world have beaten it. I mean, it's really, really, really hard. But um, I've beaten on I've beaten it on original, which is very, very difficult to do. One of the most difficult things I've ever done in a video game. I have a question. Um, and by beating it, I, you you mean without using, not using quarters, right? basically, or not using On one continue. credit, yes. One credit, yeah. You, you, you the proper way to play a shmup is to not continue. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, you just there's no point. You know, you just feed the game until you win, and you haven't really developed any skill or anything. Right, right, right. So, the, so just for the list to clarify to the listeners, when Pablo's saying beat the game, he means one credit. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, which is that's super hard. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to do. Although I did do it on the easiest setting, it's still really, really, really hard. There's nothing easy. About Wait, that do you setting. have this game? I do have it for the Xbox 360, which uh-huh. is a really good. 
It's a really good port of the arcade game. It's mm-hmm. almost arcade perfect. Mm-hmm. Is, is it just as difficult in the Xbox, or do they? Oh no, it no, down no! It's bit? exactly the same as far as difficulty goes. So a lot of people think it's even harder because the slowdown isn't isn't a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> slowdown is is designed in these arcade games when there's a lot of bullets on the screen. The game slows down to make the game actually playable, so that you can dodge the mm-hmm. bullets. But this, if the slowdown isn't emulated perfectly, and it's rare that it is, you know, it makes the game harder, mm. actually. So, you know, it's not, it's really close to arcade perfect from what I've, what I can tell. And you can't beat the higher difficulties or what? Well, once I beat, I, I've kind of, you know, I think I could, I think I could work on it and do it. Um, it's just, I haven't, I haven't put the time into it. You know, I've moved on to a different game, uh, but uh but yeah, this uh, this so the song we're gonna hear is actually from the final stage of the game, and I think it's the best song in the game. Um, it's it's really really good. It's very difficult to decide uh, which one to play, um, but this one is is my favorite, and it's also the longest song of the game. Um, it's just the most epic song, and it would also have fit very good uh, in your Asiatic episode because mm. it's got the uh, Eastern themes uh, present. Um, just a very epic song, and, and you feel like you've earned this song when you get to this stage. Uh, so it's it's always cool when the last level of a game has the best song in the game. Mm. You know. Yeah. And this track this I, this track is called uh, what is it called? This track called? Oh, I don't have the name in front of me. I but think I, I think I have it, which is like Kuruoshi Hodoni. Yeah, I, okay. I saw. I forgot to write that down, but yeah, that's it's in there. Yeah. It's the actual name of the track. But yes, this uh, this track. Uh, Final stage of the game by Manabu Namiki and Kimihiro Abe to close out the set. Close out the night. I think you guys have indeed. one more to close, to really close out the night, I think. Right? Ah, indeed. We do, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we... You are closing, closing track. But this right. is, yeah. Oh, oh, we yeah, sorry. We, we have, have one done. more, actually. I'm yeah, sorry yeah, about yeah, that. We, we forgot. Actually, yeah. But hey. That's right. well, oh, would you rather save this for last? Well, that no. was the plan, but uh, but we can we can play it's the other right, one. Whatever we'll do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, We've we'll already talked about it. We'll, we'll it, so. Rob F switch it up. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's what that's what we do here at the Legacy Music Hour. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I see what he did there. Yeah. All right. Roll the clip. That was good.
that is uh, Mushihime-sama Futari. Last stage of the game. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, looking at this gameplay footage of this game, um, it's just, it's, the bullets, it's almost hip, hypnotic, you know, the the formations of the bullets and that sort of thing, you know, it's just, it's, it, it, I'd imagine it's just, it's hard to even focus on your character because it's just the formations of the bullets are, are so beautiful. Well, once you once you play these games, actually, a lot of people play these games to see the beautiful bullet patterns because they're very geometric and yeah. they're designed with a clear purpose. And once you figure out how to do them, it's it's really fun to play, you know, so. I mean, yeah, well, you, you have like a whole thing for this kind of thing. I mean, what, you, you really get off on these bullet hell games. Why? Just, I mean... Well, you find them really addicting. I, I just... I'd find them. I just would think they were so frustrating, you know, that how hard it, you know, you know how tight the spaces are, you know, it's crazy. It's. I mean, it's. I can't explain it, but there's a there's a rush that you get from actually learning a game like this, and this is the first game of this type I ever played, so I was mm. terrible at it for a long time. Uh, you know, a lot. I've heard people say, you know, oh, I'm good at these kind of games. I beat it after a few tries. These are people that have beat these kind of games often. You can develop skill at them. I had none going right. into this game. So it was really challenging for me, but there's just something really, really addictive about it. Um, just the music, the graphics, everything's so beautiful, and you know when you die, it's your fault, and you just want to keep trying. Hmm. Yeah. In this kind of game, is high score important at all to you, or just finishing the game? High score was uh, very important to me, actually. These games are designed with a scoring in mind, and when you play, um, actually in this game, scoring well and playing well go hand in hand. So if you're if you're not going for score, the game actually becomes harder, believe it or not. Uh, you know, I actually just want to jump off this game just for a second and uh, to relate uh, to, to this same topic. Since you're a Tetris player, what is more important, the number of lines or the high score? Uh, well, in the version of Tetris I play, the lines don't really matter. It's It matters... Um, it just depends on the game and what your goal is. There are people that play for lines. There's people that play for score. Um, the version of Petrus I play it has certain modes, some that emphasize how fast you play, some that emphasize um, how many Tetrises you can get. Uh, but typically, it's not how long you can last. They act, the games I play actually do have an end, and so it's, it's more how well can you do in that given time. And that's actually very similar to this, uh, this shmup, uh, Mushi Futari. It's... Uh, it has a clear end in mind. You know, first, can you reach the end, which for me was a big enough challenge, but then how many points can you get within that those set stages? And and the Tetris right. game that he plays that he's talking about is Tetris the Grandmaster. Yeah, Tetris the Grandmaster, which I was almost picked a track from Tetris the Grandmaster to play tonight, but uh, we had these other tracks in mind instead. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the next uh, Beyond 16-bit. In Stedman. Yeah, that's right. Wait, yeah, maybe. Me? No, in Stedman. <laughs> in Stedman. Oh. oh, I see. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, one, one thing I think Bob, Pablo sh should point out is that, um, you know, just getting to this, this level five, this last level is, is, is extremely hard, yeah. you know, so, y you know, you're not even going to hear this, this tune for a long time. I mean, unless you, you know, unless you play practice mode, but, um, you know, it's almost like kind of a reward for getting this far. <laughs> and then once you get through level five, you have to face the, the final boss, which in itself is, is a feat, you know, it's it's probably the hardest part of, you know, that's right there is the hardest part of the whole game, you know, you make it through this whole level, and you have this boss to fight at the end. Um, the final boss actually reminds me a lot of Pablo's mom. Because uh, <laughs> uh, you have to it, fight it. It, it. Well, it's this hideous dragon-like monster, and, um, you know, it's, it's eight, it, but, like but eight beautiful, stories beautiful, tall, beautiful bullet probably patterns. Probably thousands of pounds, um, thousands of tons in weight, probably. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's huge, made out of 
parts of it are made of metal. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, that that yeah. is another reason I had a fondness for this game. It was good to rekindle with family. You know? Sure, yeah, it's yeah, a, it's sure. a, it's a yeah. place for family and friends. Um, okay, well that that just about brings us to the end of uh, this uh, this episode. Um, our uh, return focus on beyond 16-bit music um, with our our guests uh, Pablo Burt and Stedman Wilson. Thank you for sharing these tracks with us and joining us tonight. Yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, for a full track listing, check out LegacyMusicHour.com and um, also uh, you can email us at LegacyMusicHour@gmail.com. And as always, please call us and send us your text, 281-SONIC-91. And also, um, next week, our topic will be slap bass. So um, we'll nice. be... <laughs> we'll I'm liking be, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's going to be all music, or all, all the tracks are going to have, uh, are going to feature slap bass prominently, or, or maybe not so prominently, but it's all slap bass tracks. They're, I mean, they're all going to have slap slap bass in it. That's the common. That's the focus. Slap bass. So I expect to hear some uh, Sega arcade music. If one of you don't play some Sega arcade music, I'll be very disappointed. If one of y'all don't play, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. one of you don't play. Yeah, he's getting street. On I him. play 360, yeah. so I'm a gangster. Yeah, 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 yeah totally, 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 straight totally, totally. gangster. <laughs> straight up gangster right yeah. here. Um. So uh, okay, well, we'll see what happens next week. Will there be Sega arcade music? We'll see. Um. But uh, anyway, what else? Anything else? Uh, just would just like to mention one more time our live event, May eleventh, and that is going down at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles. So we have special guests. We will have many prizes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a uh, our guest comedian guests are uh, Jordan Morris from uh, he does stuff on Fuel TV, and uh, he actually knows his stuff as far as video game music goes. I kind of quizzed him a little bit, and he he kind of knows his, some stuff, um, and. Uh, we have Keith Apicary, uh slash Nathan Barnett, uh, or you know Nathan Barnett's friend, <laughs> Keith Apicary, <laughs> close friend, well, close friend. Keith Apicary will be uh, competing as well, and also uh, comedian Tom Vrab, um, and then and of course audience members will be competing as well. So if you want to play, you want to you know can compete, you know sign up, and you know you better you better have what it takes. Exactly. There will be no Super Mario Overworld theme here. So don't come in here thinking because you played that a couple of times in your youth, you're going to walk away with one of our great prizes. From Destiny Games. Uh, which reminds me, we're going to be giving away some games and also a portable uh, Sega Genesis system. Mm-hmm. So, all right. And check out information uh, regarding that on LegacyMusicHour.com as well. All right, so um, that's it. We're gonna. You're, you guys are gonna leave. You guys are gonna. You guys have another track picked out that we're gonna leave you with. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, tell us about that track. All right. So um, this track comes from Cleopatra Fortune. This is another Taito game. Uh, so the composers are, um, unsurprisingly, members of Zuntada, yes. Taito's house band. Um, so uh, for this particular track, we have composers um, Suichiro Nakazawa and C. Haggy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's just another great Taito game. And, uh, you know, it has, you know, what's different about this this music, you know, it doesn't sound like, uh, it doesn't sound, you know, exactly like, you know, 80s Taito uh, shmup 
soundtracks. You know, it's got a, you know, it's got, um, uh, you know, it doesn't have the main shmup composer on it. So you know, it's not it's not quite as melody driven. It does have a good melody, but it's a little more it's a little more dancey, a little more electronic sounding, um, less kind of rock and roll, you know, kind of less kind of '80s rock that uh, that kind of you know the Darius games had. But um, you know, it's a great tune, and I think you're gonna enjoy it. This is um, this is Cleopatra Fortune, Taito. And uh, one thing I wanted to add, this is actually the very first uh, Zuntata song I ever heard. Um, I didn't know who they were, and my friend Eric um, showed this to me, and I really love this song. And I've, you know, I've loved many Zuntata songs since, but uh, this one has always had a special place in my heart because it was the first one I ever heard, and I just never heard this style of music before. So Nice. My name is Brent Weinbach. Rob F. Switch. Pablo Burt. And I'm Stedman Wilson. The name of the program is the Legacy Music Hour. Thank you for listening. <laughs>